Kia ora he uri tēnei o Te Ateawa me Taranaki, ko Alistair Kona Samovola Hau. Um, I teach at the Faculty of Māori and Indigenous Studies at the University of Waikato and one of the great joys of the last three years of my life has been um, a Marsden funded project called Writing the New World, Indigenous Texts 1900 to 1975. project um, spends time going all around the region 1900 to 1975 a period that we actually don't know that much about we spend a lot of time talking about kind of first adventures and connections with Europeans coming into the region and we talk about more recent things but particularly in the area of writing and literary studies which is my own background um, it's kind of like what really happened between you know, the end of the kind of contact colonial period and Albert went, like what, what happened in that time in between. Writing the New World um, has brought together 16 different indigenous uh, researchers from all around the region with really different backgrounds um, and different perspectives and different skills. Um, and the podcast is intended to feature their views, their ideas, their experiences, so that you also can have an opportunity to connect um, with this writing, but also with the region that it comes from. The whole concept of the podcast is so much that happens at universities, um, really are, are things that people beyond the university might be interested in hearing about. We're interested in celebrating the writing from this time period, but also celebrating the work of the amazing researchers that have worked on the project. And so we are hopeful that members of their communities and the members of the communities um, that produce this writing in the first place um, would find these podcasts to be interesting and maybe um, would have them um, ask some questions and feel interested in knowing a bit more about the writing of their own communities. In order to contribute to the New Zealand um, Pacific and Māori Language Weeks, um, in 2020 a special issue of the podcast is being launched um, with each of those language weeks um, featuring people from those language communities um, speaking about their research in that language. I'm your podcast host, Wanda Yermia Allen. Faliki e tauma mōwi he tauatu, hauke he wangahau niwi. This year's theme advocates for Niuan people to not only respect and treasure our languages and cultures, but to work daily to ensure the foundation of Niuan language remains strong for generations to come. I discussed Dr. Jess Pasisi, our Niuan postdoc research fellow and mental health researcher Corey Poimatangi's work on UN happiness and mental health, which speaks directly to this theme. It was a real honour and pleasure to interview Dr. Jess Parsisi and Corey Poimatangi on their meaningful research, which not only speaks to who they are, but also of their love of family and of Niwe. Fakawilahiatu to our guests. Enjoy. In terms of uh, my village, um, my family are from Mutolo and Tuapa. Um, Poimatangi is uh, my dad's name, he's from Tuapa. Um, thought I'd share a little bit about who I am um, for this. So, yeah, my family from the islands of Niue but also Samoa. My name, uh, my full name is actually Corey Anton Tuhanga Junior Pumatangi. Um, Corey Anton's not a Nguyen name, um, but I thought I'd explain where it came from. So my family um, are kind of converts into the uh, the Mormon faith, and so it's a, it's a name of a person that's in the Book of Mormon. Um, I haven't asked my parents why why they named me Corey Anton, but I, I think it just sounds cool. Um, so that's that's my first name. Um, my second name is Tuhanga Junior, and so that's my, my father's name is Tuhanga, and so I'm like Tuhanga Junior. And our surname is Poimatangi, but he's actually an Okusene. So uh, um, there's a Samoan connection, and if you follow the, the warriors, Haitra Okusene is my, my cousin. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about myself from my, my family. Uh, right now I live in, in Hamilton. Um, I'm married to a, uh, 
so her family are Dutch and English, Heidi. So I've got uh, my children who are half Pacific Island, Nguyen, Samoan, and Dutch and English. Um, got three girls, uh, Esther, Nadine, and, and Demelza, who was just born during the lockdown. So uh, they were all, all at home keeping, keeping me busy. Um, but one of the reasons why I enjoy what I'm doing. So that's, that's me. My father is Ben Pasisi, part of the larger Pasisi family from Mutolo. Um, and yeah, I, my, my name is well, my family is connected to that to that area, but also to Hikitavaki and Makefu. And um, my dad came across in the kind of, or his family came across across the 60s and 70s. Um, so he came across when he was about 17, brought his um, tohitabu, his, his Bible with him. And uh, that was kind of it. So that was all he, he brought to Aotearoa. And, and um, my family, my, my parents moved from, from Niue to New Zealand. Uh, in the 80s, 1980s, and so I've got four brothers and four sisters. Um, so I'm number four in the family, and pretty much most of us were born in, born here in New Zealand. Um, my mother is is Pakia, uh, but also connected to Ngati Pukiao and um, Tahiti, and she grew up in the Waikato her whole life. And um, yeah, met my dad at the Waikato hospital, and they had sparks flying in the kitchen there. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, that's where the romance is. So, uh, yeah, and they had six kids. I am the fifth of six, uh, one boy and five girls. Um, and yeah, I my name actually comes from a porcelain doll that mm. my mother had recently purchased um, just before my birth. And because I came out so Palangi looking, they decided to give me a Palangi name as my first name. Uh, Jessica, and then my middle name, Lily, connects me back to Niue. Uh, our family name, Pasisi, is actually, well, my dad tells me that it's a name that um, my grandfather picked for himself. Um, so he was adopted into a family, into a new family, and he um, called himself Pasisi, and it stuck. So, yeah, that's how our name comes about. Cool. Cool. You want to tell us about your roles here at Waikato? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my role here at the university, um, I've got work experience in health, mainly mental health. So I'm one of the um, accessibility advisors. It's more like a disability support for students who have um, disabilities. And um, I've been in the role for two years, just over two years. Um, my first role in the tertiary institution. Um, yeah, and so that's one of my things I enjoy doing is helping people and those with disabilities and making sure that there are some supports for students. Um, so that's my role, my role here. Yeah. Mm. And you're also the president of Tutanga. Ah, yes, my other roles. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk about more other roles. Um, <laughs> um, yes, and, and um, we have a Tutala Niwea Waikato um, club group here. Um, it was started by, by Jess. She passed <laughs> it over to me. So I'm more the, more the the president of it. Um, and yeah, we're a very, very small group, um, but we're hoping, you know, I guess part of this whole New Air Language Week and more around like New Air exposure that through that role we could you know, tap into other New Airans who are under a rock somewhere or, you know, <laughs> just to, to make sure that, that this community is kind of, you know, um, there for them, mm. for us. Mm. Um, Yes, yeah, so those are my two roles, and maybe one other thing, I'm a, also a part-time student um, at the university, so I'm doing a master's in counselling program, so I'm doing a bit of, um, right now, just doing my placement, I'm um, just learning, you know, how to use the skills and kind of get that knowledge, um, it's important, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's a cool thing about why Control is that it has a surprising amount of new people who have come here, mm. both as, as students and staff, like even John Pule did a residency here. I don't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. We've got some of his art somewhere, mm. in, I think in the Performing Arts Centre. Oh. Mm. 
Yeah, and my cousin Coral came here. Yeah. Okay, who else? Yeah. Who else? <laughs> All the famous people. All the famous people. Yeah. yeah. But no, there's like always, you know, there's some, mm. some connection to them. So it's cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, please tell us about your work here at Waikato. Uh, yeah, so I am a postdoctoral research scholar. Um, I am in the Faculty of Māori and Indigenous Studies and I'm, within that I'm in Pacific and Indigenous Studies and I really love the role that I'm in right now. It's like, um, so it's, a, it's funded by the Health Research Council of New Zealand and it means that I can focus on a specific project which is the New Way Happiness Project mm. um, which is really good to kind of follow on from my PhD which was looking at New Way women's um, perspectives and um, understandings of climate change. Mm and kind of to extend that and look more specifically at mental health and well-being in newer communities and um, and do that from a strength-based and positive mm. aspect. So thinking mm. about happiness, what does that mean to us mm. and how can we um, how can we ensure that more newer people in the community actually are happy or are able to have a really high or strong um, sense mm. of well-being in their mm. everyday life. Mm. And I think, you know, that's always been important, like across. Yeah, and um, remember when you told me about this project that you're doing, I was really on board with it because it's you know mental health and well-being is mm. not only like something I've studied through, but it's kind of been important through my through family, especially like um, you know where new way happiness, yeah, new way of happiness, new way, yeah, new, <laughs> new way of happiness, which is um, yeah, yeah, and um, that project is something I you know like to see especially other other newer people that's not just in Auckland you know um, yeah. which is where I'm from and you know so just to see what's happening outside of other parts of New Zealand mm. which are important <laughs> and, and it's so integral to your studies at the moment as well of course mm. isn't it not yeah. yeah yes yeah and so yeah um, part of it was I'm I guess my counseling program that I'm doing I'm planning on doing some research and I spoke to Jess about it very very new to research and um like very new <laughs> so i'm just learning all that but um my one is around um spirituality for for new air people um and and what that looks like on traditional and you know those who were born in new zealand and just the challenges that can come from it for um and and, and a lot of it really links to resilience is uh is the um what i'm looking at but it's um yeah that's the idea mm. i just have to just learn and it's good to have people like jess here who i can ask questions about certain things but mm. how, how research works um but no yeah, that's very very integral yeah mm. yeah i think it's a bigger moment that our newer community is having at the moment mm. like there's quite a few newer people engaged in research in the space of like health and well-being mm. um and it's about kind of connecting cultural and, and language aspects to to understand that space better mm. because I think often you know historically there's been a kind of really western view about how we um, how we approach these kinds of things mm. um, but you know it kind of ignores or um, sidelines a lot of the really rich cultural kind of models and concepts mm. that can be used to support better, people better in the space so it's kind of good for both of us to be here at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, especially if I'm bringing it closer to home, you know, I'm married to a non-Nuean, or non nuean person, mm -mm. Um, or someone that not, you know, didn't have much knowledge around Pacific, and so it's important in that way too, like, well, girls have to learn what it is around, you know, new happiness for them, and um, so yeah, it, it's kind of close in that way, so really, yeah, really mm -hmm. cool to see see how we can help with that because I can imagine there's others you know others who more around that and that's the mental health side of it I think mm. that's yeah um, that kind of scene yeah um, yeah having defined and developed specific new methodologies for research our guests talk about their own personal journeys of identity celebration migration going back to new their own diasporic experiences and family defined notions of success I think the other half of your um, research is, is like very identity focused yes, and I think yeah. you know growing up I wasn't I wasn't always that 
proud to be a new mm. person. Like I didn't, I didn't really fully understand what it meant to be from Niue and why that was important or how that could, you know, the strength that that gives you. Mm. And I kind of think, you know, I used to lean more heavily on my Pākehā side because, mm. or my Palangi side because I was like, this is, this is the path that, you know, yeah. largely we're meant to go. Whereas, you know, I think you're kind of lucky with your partner because she's so supportive of your daughters getting to know their heritage mm. and for you to express that. I mean, Heidi probably knows more newer songs than a lot of oh, new people. Yeah, she's learning and she actually knows quite a bit of Māori too. <laughs> I don't know if I've asked you this. Um, when did you like realise that was something that you wanted to like look into the new way and it actually came late, so it was when I started my PhD that I I realised that what I was doing, which was looking at climate change, could actually be something more important for that I could do for my community. Mm. And so I, I took my parents over just before I turned 25. I think mm. I turned 25 on the plane ride back. So flying over Moana, <laughs> 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 and, and now I'm twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but that trip was really important. Important for a couple of reasons. One was that I got to go back to Niue with my dad, which I think is, you know, is an experience that every Niue person should have the opportunity mm. to go to to Niue, but also with an elder from their family. Yeah. Like it changes the view. It's you can go there on your own and you can learn stuff and maybe you, you can experience the environment more but like the deep cultural stuff yeah. it needs someone from your family or you need to connect with your family for it to to have I'm, yeah more meaning so i think i because my because i was born in new zealand and mm. first time i went to new year was when i was um when our oldest was nine months mm. but because new only has weekly flights yeah and my family went like two weeks before and we crossed paths so we didn't get to my dad hadn't been there in years and mm. um, I remember talking to my sister who was with my dad and she was saying how he would just be off, you know, be off doing this thing. Yeah, my and dad was the same, like off the plane, yeah. into the into the bush, gone, get the, set up the unga traps. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, oh, he was, he was that shit because he wouldn't come home till late with his, you know, his cousins and because and, I, you know, I went with my family, we were like, so we're like tourists. <laughs> Uh, which is all right, which is cool. Yeah. But um, and I'd like to go with probably someone like my dad. Yeah. You know, just to, um, you know, it's good because I talked to some of our family that I've not met before. Mm. Um, but yeah, I reckon if my dad and I was with my mum, they probably would have like a different experience with yeah. You know. yeah. And they point different things out, like, oh, this is where this is where your family is mm, yeah. uh, buried, or like this is your family's house, mm. this is my grandmother's house, this is like the the track that goes down to our plantations, mm. which are really afar, like they're like 10 kilometres sometimes mm. or more. They still remember it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just there. And I think it's different to how they might talk about it outside of Niue. Mm. Like I've never had those kind of conversations with my dad before, but as soon as his feet are on the ground and can kind of like that kind of memory mm. that comes through mm. you know Being groundedness and connecting with a particular environment is it's so like you just can't replicate that anywhere else no yeah and i guess there will be something i'm like part of my research about pacific identity and you know if you grew up and born in the islands coming here which mm. um oh man, i'm sure there's a lot i can think of that i can see now that my parents would have to adjust to mm. you know, and, and stuff um yeah. yeah yeah and all the stories too like that's one of my favorite things is that like my dad would take us to his school up in you know coffee coffee up in uh, oh yeah and i mean it's pretty dilapidated <laughs> now <laughs> yeah there's a structure but you know thinking about like he would say kind of stories about school like mm. waiting for the milk to come through and um you know getting in trouble for mm. speaking Bangahau and um, kind of like skiving off school or like missing the bus yeah. when <laughs> the schools moved to, to the kind of central yeah. um, Halamahanga yeah. area. Hey, um, so that's like if you miss the bus then what can't, are you going to do? <laughs> can't walk there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, yeah, stories are interesting. Um, 
and it's yeah my stories my dad were more more around like I think he enjoyed mm. but it's funny how like, like rugby you know he enjoyed playing rugby hey. I remember asking like man was there grass you know because <laughs> it's a rock you know it's yeah. it's um, um, but yeah same thing at school like you know I think he got into a fight with someone who was in the got disciplined you know that was there <laughs> a lot of discipline <clears throat> oh yeah um, but also I think yeah one part especially maybe why I'm interested in my research is a uh, that you know, with faith that they were a London Missionary Society and kind of converted into um, mm. the Mormon the Day Saints, and, yeah, that, yeah. and that was he had to wait. I think he had said it to wait till 17 or 18 before yeah. he, mum, my grandma would let him do his thing. So, Go across, um, yeah. but oh, yeah, those stories, and um, it's interesting because one important thing I was thinking now is um, ages ago I wanted to be an astronaut. Because my dad was interested in space and he taught me a lot about like, so I knew a lot of my knowledge from him and um, but he, you know, he learned this in new way. Yeah. Oy. So it's like, man, I was like, now I think I should ask him like, what did you want to do if you could kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a bit of that stuff he always Oy. talked about. Yeah. There's still time. You can still be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I can think I'm one. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. Did your dad have like picked out um, like careers for all of your kids? Um, no, but he, between him and my mum, because um, I think his family are more government, they work for the government. Oh, yeah. So my family, it's like they're doctors. I try not to like separate, but like they're the ones who work for governments, were doctors and schools, and my mum was more, you know, <laughs> just, just knowledge of the, the area, the yeah. land and stuff. So, um, yeah, he, he said he wanted to work in health. My auntie's a doctor and all that. Oh, yeah, now um, you're in health too. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe a bit of that. Because of him. Um, yeah. Plus, my mum said, you know, be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's interesting. Um, and yeah, did your dad talk about some of the stuff he wanted to do in his new way or no? Um, not, not that he wanted to do. I mean, he had real clear ideas about what he wanted all of us to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my older sister is a medical doctor. and he Yeah, he was like, okay. yeah, that's the way for... But, like, interestingly, all of us, he had picked different careers for all of us. So my, I think my mum was maybe a teacher, which actually I really, like, uh, um, I always wanted to be a, a teacher for, like, like, you know, in primary school, yeah, yeah. I would actually, like, if the teacher was away, I would just take over the class and be like, I'll read you everyone yeah. a book. I'll take you every time, yeah. <laughs> like, what a bossy, awful child. <laughs> um, but then, uh, you know, like, he wanted my sister to be a policewoman. And... So how many of you guys kind of are kind of in line with that? Well, kind of follow, follow I'm through, like it? on the like because research is teach you, don't Yeah, yeah, it's connected. And I mean, I do teaching as well, oh, so... Yeah. so so still fulfilling my dad's dreams. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my sister's a doctor. I'm not sure. I can't remember what he wanted for my brother. What does your brother do? He is a um, diesel mechanic for Fonto. Okay. So he's kind of like my scale of like whether mm. I've I've done well. Like okay. him and my dad. If I can impress either of them, okay. then I feel like that's a success. Oh, oh. Yeah, which I think. You know, I don't think a lot of people outside of Pacific families necessarily understand mm. that actually there's a quite a lot of weight that we put, like with our parents in terms of, um, you know, they kind of, they have an ability to define whether we're successful mm. or happy or not, you know, yeah. like, yeah, my dad often serves me some like curly questions, like just the other week, he's like, are you happy? Like out of the blue, oh, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like... You know, that's, it's not necessarily what I, I would ever expect from, you know, he's mm. such a quiet, like, stoic man. But then, to hear but then when he comes with his questions, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh. I want to make sure I'm doing all the right things. Yeah, I, I agree with, I guess, I guess maybe it's a parent thing. Mm. Yeah, my dad called me this morning. Hey. Are you guys all good? Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it's. I guess it's something, yeah, I thought of, like, they always check on how we're doing. Yeah, um, and, always, and, huh? and it might not even, it's a funny thing, like, I talk to my mum, and you know, I don't know if it's a specific thing or families, they want to genuinely see how you're doing, but yeah. when you explain certain details, they'll forget. 
<laughs> so my <laughs> occupational therapist when I and she used to tell you know other family members that I'm a doctor. <laughs> I was like, I've got a doctor, doctor. And, but to her, I was like, it's yeah, like I'll call their find them. Got families here working. Um, and mm. uh, no, that's like I always wonder, like, man, is it, is it because they're not interested in enough, or just kind of like gen overall? It's an overall thing, and um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I guess the professions that both of us are in though are not as straightforward no, as like the, the common ones that you yeah, yeah I mean up until I got my PhD my dad always asked me like what do you do yeah. like what is it that you're doing yeah. <laughs> 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 you have the uni right <laughs> yeah 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 and I think it's so that you can explain to other people because I feel like people often ask like oh what do your kids do oh yeah and that's right yeah <laughs> and you want to progress from yeah. oh she's a uni student to like something. yeah Okay, um, Corey, so I wanted to pick up on one of the points that you said uh, when you were starting New in Language Week on campus at the University of Waikato. One of the um, significant um, celebrations we've had over the last two years was the introduction of New in Club as well as uh, New in Language Week, um, which have been fantastic and great big events despite the, the numbers here at Waikato. Um, and it was awesome to see um, community members come on campus. Um, how did you feel and how did you feel about that and um, how significant was that for the New England community to come on campus? Mm. Uh, yeah, um, I think it was really awesome like when it all happened, um, you know, and to see everyone there, um, but also the work that kind of had to be done beforehand, um, you know, getting people involved. And it wasn't, wasn't the easiest, but... Um, Especially coming from Auckland, where there's, you know, and coming to Hamilton just to see, I guess, a smaller community, but um, it didn't matter because I, you know, I think my family came from Auckland, people came down, um, and just to know that, you know, it, it's this big. And there was also um, family I had not met before, mm -hmm. or I remembered meeting them when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of connecting, um, and it's, you know, big thing I think with New World Language Week and including the community is, like for myself, was. There, there are names and people that I kind of knew and just to see them in person and to talk to them and then they would remind me of who I am and you look like I'm like oh, I don't even know um, so there was that opportunity to kind of talk with you know newer people in Hamilton and fortunately with you know being the group at the university we had the facilities to, to mm -hmm. kind of come together mm -hmm. um, so from that point of view that was the most important thing mm -hmm. is kind of reconnect and um, and hear, hear stories that I've not heard before and kind of talk about who I am and some of them even remembered me when I was younger and I didn't remember them, you know. Um, and it was good to also have others participate in some of the activities, you know, just to hear, hear the stories. Um, so overall, yeah, I think when it happened it was good, it was cool that it happened. And one of the um, um, fantastic events of uh, New England Language Week was a symposium that was held um, in which you ran, Jess. So um, how significant was that in terms of highlighting uh, New Wien research or research on New Wien? And how significant is it uh, for New Wien people to be doing New Wien research? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I guess the, the first thing is that we're not the first New Wien Students Association. There was one, like, before my time, um, that existed, so we're kind of like reviving something that, that used to be here already. But for, for us, one of our first ones was um, having Tingalo Ness come, mm. which honestly, Tingi is one of the is one of the newer people who really just blows me away every mm. time because he has so much knowledge, but he he is so warm and, mm. and connects so well with the community and not just newer but across the the board. So. I mean, his talent is something that I always look up to, even though, you know, I, I don't necessarily come from a music background, but, you know, you can always find meaning and kind of um, value in, in the kind of messages that come from people like T. So that, that was really, that was uh, like a, such a privilege to, to have that on campus. Um, and the symposium last year, we also had to... Oh, yeah, no, we'll have him again he's if you can. <laughs> yeah. If he, if <laughs> For as long as thing is available, <laughs> a little bit later. Um, 
but we also had um, Dr. Tom Ryan from Anthropology who did his um, Masters and PhD research on Niue, um, share some of that information as well. And I think um, because at the time I was still completing my PhD, which was on Niue, and I was a Niue person, so that kind of had a really mm. strong meaning to be able to share in that space. Um, but, you know, it's such an interesting it's such an interesting thing research because you know historically we've had a lot of these stories told to us by mm. other people mm. and i think um you know there's been a few people before us in terms of like dr nukisifa williams mm. she's done her phd research um terry chapman also did some kind of like a master of administration i think he did um thinking about the decolonization of new web um and so there's these people that we get to draw from, but it's not not a really massive no. thing yet. Mm. And I think for us to be able to tell new way stories um, in new way ways is really really important mm. and mm. such a such a like an inspiring space to be a part of, particularly because we we're both from the diaspora. Mm. Like we both grew up here, our connection back home is. Um, limited in some ways but we can still um, the questions that we ask in research the way we do research can still have um, a lot of significant meaning to the community and I think that's that's cool mm -hmm. One of the points I wanted to pick out as well Corey was um, when you talked about going back with your dad and it was almost as well as usually how they kind of just went back into a, you know island boy mode uh, if I could uh, use that term. Um, and you talked about um, how you wanted to be an astronaut because your dad was really interested in the cosmologies and indigenous. Yeah. But what that indicates to us is a lot of indigenous knowledges are, are kept by people who not, are not necessarily in, in uh, the research space. So um, how exciting is it for us as researchers to tap into those indigenous knowledges? A big question too, <laughs> but I've just recently been um, just being a researcher, trying to what what is that, and especially researching like Pacific identity, spirituality, and knowledge. This is all kind of a new, as of recent last couple of years. Something I prior to that I'm more been working with people, so I've got that kind of knowledge. So yeah, um, I still say I'm new because yeah, I've uh, just. I think I'm tapping, just tapping into certain things. That thing about cosmology and, you know, I know for Pacific people like spirituality and connection to the greater, that's mm -hmm. huge. And um, and it can reflect why there's some things that as new, newer people, Pacific, we do things that are kind of over and beyond sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't made the link, but I know there's that through my work experience. Um, so, yeah, when researching, like, where, where do I fit with that? Um, bringing all this knowledge and try to, I'm mean, like, try, I don't know, normalize it. Is that the thing? Mm -hmm. um, make it more available for for Pacific families, for anywhere families, and and not everyone will get it. That's the thing. I know it's going to be a big task. Um, mm. But if if the people around you have that knowledge, and and you know, you could see how that would affect. The next generation. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with, with that awesome question. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to, I'm just drawing on my experience and when I've worked with putting things in place that are not just physical. There's like there's like um, beliefs. There's all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I mean part of the responsibility for a lot of um, like young or emerging new academics is is actually kind of undoing the damage that was initially done by a lot of kind of the colonial western mm. systems of education that you know would literally punish people if they spoke the language mm. or exhibited aspects of the culture that they weren't you know supposed to yeah and so you know part of our work is like being like no our our knowledge is actually mm. valuable mm. and we can see that really clearly yeah um we just need to you know, create more spaces where that's acknowledged and visible. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, you know, one of the, our responsibilities um, as in this space is to, to kind of create more spaces so that other people can come in. Or, you know, that, I mean, on a really personal level, 
I have to be able to make enough space so that my dad sees that his knowledge is valuable. Yeah. Like I can totally see it, but I have to convince him because he's grown up in a time where yeah. he got the he got the cane right, or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. the tough gun yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever they had in the Everything school. Everything that kind of just stopped any progression for Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think so that's that's really important in our in our space. Mm-hmm. And I mean the other thing is that we are kind of like becoming springboards. So mm. as much gain as we can make so that you know, so that when your daughters come along, they can springboard to, to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, we're here to kind yeah. of make sure that it progresses yeah. further, which I think is cool. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really agree. Opens up the space for thinking about what is new in knowledge mm-hmm. and, and who are new in <coughs> knowledge holders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, because growing up, the, the way I was educated was that you know, there's kind of less value or less consideration given to people in the working class. And I come from the working class. Like my father was a, um, is a um, blue collar worker. And, and, but growing up knowing what I know and being where I am now, I can see that actually for me, some of the most valuable knowledge comes from people like my father. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot get away from that. And, and, being able to engage in your kind of home spaces and acknowledging your own parents, your grandparents or your aunties and uncles or even the people that raised you that aren't necessarily kind of blood relatives mm. because it's not uncommon for mm. newer people to be adopted out. Mm. Um, but those kinds of connections, being able to respect that and value that is, is so incredibly yeah. important and, and so exciting for us as researchers to be able to, to show and or show respect for, but also to honour that knowledge. I think that kind of opens up the space for thinking about what is new in knowledge and and who are new in knowledge holders. Um, And I, you know, because growing up, the, the way I was educated was that, you know, there's kind of less value or less consideration given to people in the working class. And I come from the working class. Like my father was a, um, is a um, blue-collar worker. And, and, but growing up knowing what I know and being where I am now, I can see that actually for me, some of the most valuable knowledge comes from people like my father. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot get away from that. And, and being able to engage in your kind of home spaces and acknowledging your own parents, your grandparents or your aunties and uncles or even the people that raised you that aren't necessarily kind of blood relatives mm-hmm. because it's not uncommon for mm-hmm. newer people to be adopted out. Mm-hmm. Um, but those kinds of connections, being able to respect that and value that is, is so incredibly yeah. important and, and so exciting for us as researchers to be able to to show and or show respect for, but also to honour that knowledge. Yeah. Um. One of the questions I have for you is, is regarding when we're talking about reclaiming knowledges, um, one of, um, not only through oral traditions and practices, but one of the, one of the key significant factors um, is looking at uh, new wind writing, new wind texts. Um, I understand, Jess, that you've been doing some research in that respect, and um, part of writing the New World Project has been looking at Indigenous text. Um, tell us what you found and uh, what what were the surprises and um, yeah, share a little bit about your work. Yeah, no, it was super fortunate. I was really fortunate to be able to work with um, Dr. Alice Tupunga Somerville on um, writing the New World, writing the New World um, summer research last year or over the over the summer break. And um, yeah, so I got to go back to Niue and go to Taonga Niue, which is um, directed by Moira Inetama, and she's been so supportive of the research that I've been doing. Um, but they had actual, the, the physical archive, so they had original copies of the Tohitala, which is the Niue newsletter. And um, yeah, I, I spent time, more like a lot of the time, just photographing, kind of like um, how you have done as well, Wanda. But, um, just photographing a lot of them and then making them accessible to other people was one of the things that I wanted to do and I kind of while I was over there I actually caught up with um, the Honourable um, former Premier Young Vivian who 
you know, really pushed me. He was like, okay, that's good what you're doing, but make sure that more people have access mm. to it. And how are you going to make sure that this goes into the education system? And so, you know, thinking about that is, is kind of an acknowledgement of the richness of the Tohitala itself in terms of capturing um, part of new, like, lived experience from that time. And, you know, it's so impressive, the, the, the number of new people who were contributing to that um, newspaper at the time. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, of archive research is that, you know, generations later, I can go back and look at this stuff and pull out this, you know, people like Malama Head who are writing and they're like calling for new people to write cultural stories mm -hmm. so that our younger generations are able to engage with them. And, you know, there's, you know, coming from a time where often um, New Age people and Pacific people more generally were kind of thought of as challenged in a lot of ways, yeah. right? And and that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't access, you know, higher knowledge or that mm. it wasn't really a space for them. And yet here, here these people are calling for mm. um, cultural knowledge because mm. they know how, how valuable it is. So, yeah, I think those are things. Probably my favourite story, so the, Malama Head is, is one of my favourite writers in there, but also the kind of series of origin stories that come through in correspondence there. Um, it's such a fascinating mm. way to, to learn about the history, even though it's kind of a contested space. Like, clearly these new way people know that there's different stories. Mm -hmm. um, and that's mm -hmm. kind of awesome. Mm -hmm. There's a richness to, to being able to engage in that that I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a bit of history with Tohitala. What's the Tohitala newspaper? Yeah, so Tohitala was um, published by the uh, through the New Zealand Resident Commissioner's Office in Niue. Um a, a set of of these kind of newsletters would go around to all of the different villages. Um, initially, it kind of started in the, the early fifties and kind of grew under the the leadership or guidance of of Jock McEwen. Um, but Niue people were so, so enamoured, or, or certain Niue people, I should say, <laughs> not all Niue people love the Toitatala, um, but to the point where, you know, they would get, and written in articles is like, oh, make sure you share your copies of the Toitala because there's only a certain amount in the village, so you can't just hog it all the time. Um, which to me, I'm like, that's a clear indication that Niue people are, you know, there's a hunger or an interest for writing um, and knowledge and, and not just knowledge of Niue but around the region, mm. around the world. And this is happening in the kind of 50s and 60s and right through to, to today. So, you know, to then turn around and, and think that Niue people oh, yeah. don't really care about like knowledge or, mm. or publishing or written work is a, a bit of a... I think that's a misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. People who, who say that just don't understand. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of a... What were they, um, the surprise, surprising findings in the Tuitana for you? Were there any? I mean, initially for me, I, I kind of have this with any new text, and I don't know if you kind of have this as well, but I always look for family in there because I don't know my new family very well. So I'm kind of always look on the lookout for family names or names that my dad might have mentioned. So if I can pick them up, maybe I'll know a little bit more about the family story. And, and turns out my grandfather was a criminal, Loki. <laughs> so so that, that's kind of both surprising and like completely fascinating mm. at the same time. Like I, I don't look on that with like a judgment or like, oh, how embarrassing. No, I'm no. like, oh, yeah, go my grandfather. <laughs> like, what was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Resist the system, <laughs> um, which is one of the things. So the way that, that New Zealand or the kind of um, Palangi ideas with the Tohitala was that they could tell Niue people how essentially to live their lives. Mm. So at the time, you know, in the 50s, there's kind of a lot of ordinances coming out, actually before the 50s and 40s as well. There's a lot of ordinances coming out about how you should keep your guard, uh, I mean, your garden, so it should be so tidy to a particular level, wow. otherwise you're going to get fined. Yeah. Your house should be yeah. tidy, 
police had a, a like a quite a high level of power in order to see whether people were going to church mm. or not, see what they were doing. You couldn't sleep in another person's house if you weren't <coughs> married to that person. Yeah. It was really strict. The rules there. Um, even even in terms of agriculture, you had to grow specific things because you had to feed the the New Zealand mm. colony mm. and. I think that is overlooked a lot in terms of what Niue represented to the New Zealand kind of empire mm. and what mm. kind of produce mm. was being made. Mm. Um, and I, I find that stuff really mm. interesting in, in terms of what that has led up to um, yeah. for mm. contemporary Niue. Mm. And I remember, oh, like, I think there was this, you're looking up some names and there was... Um, Share the name of someone. I can't remember who it was, and, I, and it was a report card. It was cool. It was a story of a. I think I point my tongue in. Yeah, it was a point. It was a point my tongue in. I showed it to. I uh, told my dad like, did you know who this person is? And he wasn't too sure because um, I think it was. He would have been a little baby. Um, but I thought, this is a report card. I couldn't really read it properly. Uh, but I think the report card was good. <laughs> I can't remember. But even even just. Oh yeah. yeah even yeah. just that. I remember like. Um, we had no idea. There's something just so there is a person. Um, there's something you said, which I I think is part of my wondering and questions about like the knowledge of if the like I'm thinking of my parents. If they cut the day, did they know about kind of like the effects of colonization? You know, mm. like to query things a certain way to act, and if they did, if they didn't, you know, what does that mean to them? You know, like. Mm. It's the thought of like what new knowledge can, it can be uncomfortable, you know, like um, yeah. that kind of stuff. I was thinking, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the cool things about my research is that as like at the more new people I know, like Corey, whenever I see their names as well come up, I will send yeah. them like mm. like Facebook messages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Corey, is this your family? I'll send it to my mum or dad, and they yeah. and then they will find out. They, yeah, that's the they, thing. They check like, or they might recognise the name, but they're not sure, so they start talking. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it triggers a whole no, bunch yeah. of conversations. Mm. And I had the, a similar thing with um, Yata Piotolu because I, I saw a Piotolu, and and it, I mean it can be mundane things. It was just that someone was part of like maybe a, a football team or mm. something, mm. and I was like, oh, I'll see this quickly and see yeah. if he knows. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, even even if they're mundane, they kind of they can mean so much more depending on who you, who yeah. you see them yeah. through. Like my one, my grandfather, and I wouldn't be surprised if your, some of your family were in this list as well, because it was like half of the village. Oh, yeah. But half of Mutolo people had um, not planted bananas, and they were on a list that's like you guys are getting fined, or you can choose hard labour, mm -hmm. like up yeah. to you. Wow. Yeah, and I think like seeing that, I was like, well, who? Who finds people mm. for not growing That's a banana right. or like an amount of banana? Who was regulating it? Uh, so that comes from the New Zealand yeah. Resident Commission, yes. and they okay. they were they were tough. I mm. mean, they were they. I'm almost gl glad that some people did, weren't able to read mm. some of the things that mm. they wrote because they're so mm. passive aggressive mm. in terms of like dict trying to dictate, mm. like telling people how. to Telling island people how to grow coconut. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you just... <laughs> honestly, you're like, oh, yeah, because these people never survived, ever. Yeah, yeah. So, I think those kind of conversations mm -hmm. point out a kind of... The ridiculousness of That's some right. of the kind of colonial mm -hmm. empire mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. about people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so it seems like there's a real clear link with the archival research material that you've done with possible links to uh, the notions of resilience, mm. happiness. Uh, you know, for a new person to mm. do new research, there's a different level of care. Mm. Like, you know, we would notice someone else's name or we would notice mm. our own family names mm. in, in ways that, like, um, a lot of kind of other research doesn't necessarily acknowledge. Mm. And if you go in there with you know, kind of foreign models or foreign ideas to try and apply them. Oh, yeah. It means that you miss the, mm. the richness mm. of what happens. So, I mean, for me, thinking about climate change, 
there's no real reason for me to be having a nose into a book about, you know, you know, all the lists of um, criminal records. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily tie into climate change mm. at first glance, right? But then again, as you read that more, you kind of come to understand actually what's happening in these yeah. criminal records is changes in the dynamics mm -hmm. of ways that people engage with the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's kind of ways and ways of, of being able to connect in a space and I think, mm -hmm. you know, names is one and the mm -hmm. fact that we are drawn to to these specific things. Mm -hmm. And I think even though we don't necessarily like neither of us come from the island, we grew up in ways that are still very like intimately tied mm -hmm. to what mm -hmm. it means to be a new person. Oh, yeah. So the ways we're treated, the ways we think about respect, mm -hmm. the ways we um, you know, are quiet and listen when people, <laughs> when elders start talking, and even if it's going for the third or fourth oh, yeah. hour, like you still have to, you still have to be respectful for that. And yeah. I think, you know, sometimes it's a hard way to learn, but ultimately what we're doing is, is really caring for our culture. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the, that's kind of the key of, of new people doing new age research mm. is that we, that we care we love mm -hmm. it so much like it is so important to yeah. us because it is personal it is mm -hmm. family and you, you can't untie the, no. those connections mm -hmm. um, and it's embedded in everything as mm -hmm. much as people but in Taonga and, mm -hmm. and you know in the environment and, and making those kinds of connections yeah. so yeah I mean it's a it's a lifelong thing for me I can't now that I I've learnt a little bit more, but you know, I can see the road ahead is, mm. is long. Mm. And, oh, cool. Mm. Oh, yeah.